The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right. We're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today. Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack and co-host and owner and operator of the Bad Boss Brief. Now I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Hey Not the Face podcast and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we're looking ahead to UFC San Antonio. But first, let's take a look back at last night's card. And guess what? John's back on track. He he beat me by 3%. 3%. Look at that. But, well, technically, hey. if we start, if we use the new plus minus system by uh, that uh, the workshy individual and um, workshy individual that beaten Finley came up with, me and you tied, but I got the tiebreaker because I got the percentage right. Right. And what's great is last week I was all I was almost crying sitting at home looking at Eugene all alone in first, but because of that <laughs> miserable performance yesterday, he's now back where he belongs in third, and, I, and I'm up in first. Well, uh, but, you know, this was uh, – I'm sure we'll get into this in, in minutes. But this was um, – I, I can write this off easily, easily, easily. Decisions, decisions. I make decisions all the time. Sometimes they're good ones. Sometimes they're bad ones. Last night, saw a lot of bad decisions. But, okay, okay, it's not – oh, you know, uh, Justin Gaethje talking about Michael Bisping. I, I, I feel thumbs, fat thumbs on scales. Fat scales. So whatever. I'm not talking about conspiracy. I'm just talking about conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a look at the card. We're going to start at the top and work our way down. Leon Edwards defeating Kamaru Usman. I did not have a problem. Bullshit. 
I see. I thought he won. I, as a matter of fact, I only gave Usman one round, round three. That's the only round he got. And I thought he legitimately won the round without the point deduction. So with the point deduction, I gave him a 10-8 round. That's the only round, you know? I gave I, I gave him two, three, and five. See, I gave Leon, I gave him, uh, for me, he was, it was 48-46. That's, that's how I had it. John, how did you see it? <laughs> well, I, I wasn't really keeping track. I wasn't paying, I was watching, but I wasn't like... Keeping track of score, but I did think I thought Edwards won. I thought at least he had three to two. That was my I, I thought for sure. Then then you take the point deduction, it would have been a draw. But I also thought because one of the rounds I was like, oh, it could go either way. I wasn't paying I, I thought it could be four to one. So I I was happy with the decision. I thought it was a fair, honest decision, be, especially because Eugene, you know, disagreed with it. So yeah. <laughs> well, listen, 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 look, 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 look. I'm looking at it looking at it this way. You know, I think it was a robbery. However, I'm not the only one that could have guessed that there would be a robbery, right? Usman should have known you're going to go into O2. I don't I don't know what the numbers were like about whether they were sold out O2, yeah. but they've been trying to build the UK MMA market for years. And all these all these uh, 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 Brit fighters on the card, they were aiming to do precisely that. You had to know that you had to put the guy away to come take that belt back. And that's just the way it was going to go. I mean, I saw some decisions earlier. The only one that made me supremely happy was the Israeli fighter who crapped in the middle of everybody's cake because clearly, given his record, he was not intended to win that scrap. So, uh, you know, so Usman knew. He knew, you know, it would. and he shows up with uh Nganu. <laughs> yeah you gotta i mean i love Nganu, but you know hey you just gotta gotta rub the ball one the wrong way a little bit i think a message was being sent we went from having three nigerian champs to having zero nigerian champs well well, well Nganu's not nigerian yeah Nganu's, he's, yeah he's cameroon yes well yeah 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 sorry sorry well him and izzy you know well, izzy is technically you know australian but whatever new zealand whatever well and well usman's technically an american but they're, yes, yeah, technically. They're from and, and, technically. And, 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 and I'm uh, technically in America yeah. too, but my people are from Nigeria. Are your people from Nigeria? Yes, they are. Oh, I, I, did, I, I did 23 me. They're from uh, Jamaica, Nigeria, and France. <laughs> like, oh, the most oh, no contentious. <laughs> exactly, that explains everything. <laughs> yeah, Let me see that. You're, you're you're doing phone. You're doing you're doing uh, email scams uh, <laughs> by complaining that everybody's lazy and then that no one else is good enough as you. So, okay, and they get and they get and they get you and they get you dragged into French Indochina as well. Mm. So Eugene, l- let me ask you this: Why do you think Usman won? Um, he. He it's clear that Edwards spent more time on his grappling. Yeah, he was able he was able uh, to get up and um, and uh, it, more often than than he did before. But he he had no offering on the grappling department. And again, I put this on Usman. You can't tell me that there's any Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt that if you put Leon Edwards in those positions wouldn't have been able to to murk him. And and this is once again an Usman problem. Wrestlers not taking jujitsu seriously. You know you can't just hold a guy down and expect to. Okay, be so by for... that, by that, how come you thought he won? Um, because I thought that he did a, a, enough time to show enough time to show that Edwards had no answer for that portion of the game. I thought they were competitive in the striking department, and uh, and. I'm having a hard time seeing what qualifies Edwards' win as a win. 
You know, so he, he didn't have anything him. for him on the ground. They were competitive in the striking department. So what does that leave us? He, his attitude was better, maybe. Can I, he can, was can I contest the, this? Yeah, and me too, because Leon's striking was way better than Usman's. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It was Usman way better. was advancing. I'll let you finish that. You go first. You nail him. Uh, I mean, it was way better. His movement yeah, was better. Yeah, yeah. He repelled almost all the takedowns. I mean, when he when Usman was able to get him down, he literally popped right back up. So you can't even really give him much of a grappling slash wrestling edge because he wasn't able to do anything with it. That's the problem I had. And I'm sorry, Leon outstruck him and outpowered him too. The more impactful strikes were landed by Leon. Uh, John, yeah. go ahead. You, you were no. I was going to say basically the same thing. Usman was advancing, so it kind of you know mm-hmm. in MMA it looks like he's doing more. But you're when you're watching, especially the replays, you can see Edwards when he's getting struck by uh, Usman. It's always at the end of the punch, or he's rolling with it. Where mm-hmm. where where Usman's where Edwards winning most exchanges. He's catching him when he's walking into it. It was it was much more impactful. He was hitting him more often, connecting more often. So I thought the stand up was. Uh, you know, it wasn't a hundred, it wasn't extremely, it's not right. like watching Campman versus Diego Sanchez. Yeah, it it's nothing like that, that. but it was still obvious to me that Edwards was winning almost most of the exchanges. And I thought the thing that got to me most is I think Usman, he just, he's, he's gotten older. Yes. He's thir- the, his last big win, we knocked out Masvidal. Then he had a, a war with Covington uh, two years ago, almost 18 months. Then he lost. So you're talking about his, he's probably two and a half, three years from his peak. That's a long time in the fight business. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm almost willing to agree with that, but I'm going to give it. I'm going to blame it on something else uh, uh, other than age. And you're going to say, "Well, this is a distinction without a difference." But I'm going to say that I, 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 I did perceive, I did perceive, and I did not want to allow myself to really do this. But uh, the, the phrase that kept coming back to me while I was watching was, "His head is gone." Well, and see we've seen that. This, we, we, that right we've there seen, makes sense. Yeah, we've seen this with, you know, Jose Aldo. We've seen, you know, fighters don't talk about superstition a lot, but, you know, you start to. And so even though there's always a hometown curse that when you do, you fight your home, oh, I got to make sure my mom's got tickets, my my fifth grade teacher's got tickets, I got to, you know, and there's a lot of stuff weighing on you. Um, I could see clearly um, I, that, that it, based on the guys I know who trained with Edwards, and these are the guys I met in Birmingham in, in October, um, that... I, I suspected that not only would he be spending the intervening time between that last fight and this fight grappling his ass off, which they have, you know, Jude Samuel, who is the head of uh, Bama, the British uh, Mixed Martial Arts Association, has been a, a known associate of mine for many years. And they, you know, they don't have wrestling in schools there, but they take it super seriously and, you know, bring in outsiders when they can. And I just think, I think his, I think, I think, Usman lost the head game. He, and you could see it in the beginning when he comes and he tries to intimidate him. And Edwards is like, nah, nah, you don't. No, you don't. You could see it in the stare down. You can see it the way in. So what you call it age, call it his head's being gone. You know, it's, uh, it's you can't fight a comfortable fight if, if what you're thinking is, oh, my God, what if I lose? That, that, that can't be your MO going well, in. It, it seems to me that where you're right and his head um, being off is because he just got slept in the most crazy way possible just like eight months ago. You know, Leon, when he won that fight, he was so far down on the cards and comes up with this Hail Mary kick. And it was 
literally one of the most insane knockouts ever the way Usman fell that to me is maybe what wrecked his head game and John what you're saying about age I think the combination of the two remember Usman while he has crazy power he also goes the distance a lot he has a lot of mileage on his body and something that uh, our friend Knuckles Freeman mentioned last night about Leon in the last fight and him losing all the rounds up until that crazy head kick was that that was the very first time he had fought at sea level or something along those lines. Yes. Yes. That was and, a good observation by him. Yeah. And so, I mean, that makes a ton of sense too, as to why he was so freaking gassed. What do you mean? No, that Edward said never fought above, had never fought that elevation before. They yes. fought down uh, at Utah I mean. last time. I got you. So, I mean, bearing <laughs> that in mind, that could be why his performance last time was so shaky up until the head kick. It doesn't matter. He, he got to fight at home. He he got the win. I thought it was a fair hey, justified let, win. Let's, let's go back to conspiracy land just for a bit. Now, we know that this is something that benefits the jungle, right? I imagine financially that he didn't drive as hard of a bargain as Usman did. They're trying to develop the UK market, as always. Yeah, I'm not saying the fix was in. I'm just saying that everybody who works at the UFC is happy today. Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know about that okay. at all. I mean... Leon is a terrible draw and the person mm. that they selected to fight him next is Colby. And the reason why is because they need a draw and it would have been mm -hmm. a great draw mm. for either Usman or Edwards, especially for Usman to have the trilogy fight. But for Edwards, they need Colby to be the A side, but it's, it, trust me, the, the, the UFC didn't, didn't win anything uh, as far as eyeballs and asses in seats with Edwards being the champ. How many, what, 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 what were the, what were the, the numbers for the O2? Oh, well, they sold it out, but it was the O2. It's Leon's backyard, and the whole card was basically a European card. So, of course, mm -hmm. it sold out, and they only have one event a year there. So, it sells out. Did Bisping ever manage to sell out anything in the UK? Yes. Mm. Yes, but not that level. But that's what I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't think Edwards is a, a star at all in the U.S. Nope. But you think about it in the U.K. because they're desperate for a champ and mm -hmm. something to rain on. He could potentially be a draw because you could sell out, do larger gates there, uh, get the fan beside it. And they also, I still, I believe they still do pay per views, uh, uh, U.K. pay per views for select cards. Mm -hmm. So you could move his cards to pay per view, still put them in the U.S. If they bomb, you don't care because you're getting your guaranteed ESPN money, but you're getting that bonus money from the U.K. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, but I don't think they're, I don't think it matters to them that it's Uzban is a much more known commodity because mm -hmm. he won for so long. Yep. And so I don't think it's something like they wanted Edwards to win and, and, you know, so but I, I don't, don't think the UFC I cares don't. about that stuff half the time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I also don't think that's the biggest fight to make. I would much prefer to see him fight Masvidal. <laughs> I think I think they're wasting Masvidal on Burns. I don't think that's a fight that uh, I need to see. I, I would rather see. Um, I would rather see Edwards and Masvidal. I think that's a winner. I don't. 
I think Masvidal, I mean, Masvidal wins last time he won a fight. Why would you ever want to put somebody on a losing skid like that into a, a title fight? Uh, because if if he loses, it'll be great. If, if he wins, it'll be great. If he loses, <laughs> what in the yeah, world? Hey, I'm not hey, I'm not down to good. reward Masvidal for I, I, a I crazy the, losing I think the, streak. The move for well, I wouldn't put him against Burns, but for Masvidal, I would have gave him an easier opponent. But uh, but the move is if Edwards loses to Covington, then it's Masvidal Edwards hosting you know main eventing or uh, co-maining eventing event a show, and then you run that promo of the three piece in a soda. But the the three piece in a soda mm. goes for e- um, Edwards, though. What's that? The three piece in a soda goes for Edwards. You said, yeah, Masvidal. yeah, that's what I'm saying. If Edwards loses, oh, then you book him against Mouse. I see what you're saying now. I, I misunderstood. All right, we got to move on here. Have, having Crappington as, as as the champion would just be dreadful. awful, awful. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right, we got to move on here. So we've got Justin Gaethje defeating Rafael Fiziev. I had it 29-28, but I haven't watched it a second time. But I had it for Rafael Fiziev. John, how did you see it? I, I still need to go back and watch again. Maybe I, I-, I had kind of the same. I watched it, and I had uh, Fiziev winning it, but it was close. I wasn't like – I'm wasn't. i a little distracted. I got stuff going on, so yes. uh, I couldn't uh, – <laughs> but so I couldn't I – wasn't, I wasn't completely paying attention. But I had uh, – I had busy winning, but I thought it was pretty close. I was mm-hmm. surprised it was close as it was. So yeah. I could see it going, I guess, either way. I wasn't shocked by the decision. Yeah, and I didn't have it. I, when I saw the decision, I didn't have it a robbery. I even tweeted, you know, I didn't agree with it, but it certainly wasn't a robbery. It was a great fight. And I can see why they would give it to Gaethje because he knows how to win rounds. I mentioned this last week. He knows how to win the rounds, especially when he lays it on thick towards the end of each of the rounds. But he certainly knows how to win the fight on that third round because he comes out hell for leather for the entire round three. And I think that that's the image that sticks with the judges is that for the entire round three, he just goes full tilt, go, you know, go big or go home. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see that. I, I, I thought it was uh, the wrong call as well. I had Fizzy of winning, but whatever. I mean, I like Gaethje and, uh, you know, and he's been very clear. This is my last run. So uh, I get try for a championship. I get it. Fine. If I don't, good luck to you. So I respect that calling the shot. And, you know, getting him there sooner rather than later, I'm fine with. Um, but I did think Busy F1. Yeah. I'll say this. Justin's fight IQ is a lot better than it used to be. He makes yeah. much better adjustments in the fight. And look at how little damage his face showed. I mean, that mm. man is resilient for sure. Mm. If nothing else could ever be said about Justin other than the fact that he fact that he is the violence king, um, he's resilient. I mean, insanely so. So mm. I... I have to well, let's see if he bounces back from hanging out with dictators. Right. <laughs> I, I had like to get that, that in there. I did, I did like that pun, the bounce. <laughs> Resilient <laughs> bounce. I see the, uh, the Kadyrov son tweeted a photo with him. Um, yeah. Congratulating yeah. him. Yeah, I didn't see sad, it, but sad. I don't More doubt it. Yeah. All right, let's get to a submission and a good one that came off of a slick little elbow. Gunnar Nelson defeating Brian. Finally, yeah. finally a fight you could feel good about. Yeah. And you know what? No, no shame to Brian Barberina. It was fast and it was against a submission 
ace. But I yeah. will never get over Gunny's stance when he's striking with those shoulders back. John, that's got to irritate the shit out of you. Yes. Yeah, Because it, <laughs> uh, it bugs I, I, me I, to no it, end. Well, I, I, I mean, technically, I guess it's a karate stance, I guess. But, yeah, uh, but oh, just doesn't leave look him wide open. As, as a brown belt in Kempo karate, <laughs> uh, it warms the cockles of my heart. But it is not good for fighting. No, no it's not. <laughs> Especially when when he's in that stance. And a lot of times, you want to call it karate, but a lot of times he squares directly in front of someone that way instead of getting that side angle. Now, he does do the side angle much more, but occasionally he squares up like that with his shoulders back and tries throwing that way. And it's just, ooh, it's so awkward. <laughs> But, yeah, but you know, Stephen Thompson does it too. So people, uh, well, you know, much less though. It's much less pronounced. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gunny just looks so awkward. Really, and Leoto, Leoto, but... not as awkward as Gunny again. I mean, he's the only one that really looks weird when he does it. And when's the last time you would like watch somebody from that part of the world dance and go, "Why that guy's a good dancer"? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right, let's get to somebody that you and I picked, Eugene, and that is Jennifer Maya. And boy, were we right. Yep. She looks sensational against Casey O'Neill. And when we made this pick, I I said that Casey O'Neill's level of competition has been nowhere near Jennifer Maya's. And it showed that veteran experience. Boy, it far outweighs youth and unchecked. She has talent and athletic ability, but it's just all all over the place. It's scattered. It's not contained in one unit. Yeah. Talk about head game. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think Maya had just in her head was like, nah, nah, I'm not losing this. No way Mm -hmm. am I losing this. So, John. I, I missed this fight. Okay. I had to do some stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the ubiquitous stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, me too. Me I, too. I did a couple grams of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. All right. Marvin Vittori taking the decision over Roman Delize. I didn't have a problem with it. I picked Delize. I didn't have a problem with it. Marvin Vittori's yeah. been in the game long enough. He also knows how to win rounds. And this was a great fight. It's been a long time since I have seen Marvin Vittori get in there and just really, really show us what he's got. Um, I thought he fought scared, and I gave it to, to the leads there. Oh, I didn't. I thought he got right in there and mixed it up really yeah, well. I'm looking at his a- face. Uh, my, my line from... Uh, Tom Wolf's the right stuff. Uh, you guys go in, you all look different. You all come out, you look the same. How's that? Scared. I but Marvin Vittori, he he didn't have any damage on him. Only Roman Delize <clears> did. <throat> he tore Roman Delize up. I mean, Marvin did have one little cut. I I ch- ch- changed that because I remember he did get one little cut, but Delize, my God, he got torn yeah. the hell up. I didn't like it's a lot of the other decisions, but this one I thought was pure robbery. Screwed, oh, I didn't. I thought it was all right. I mean, nah. again, Vittori, the the veteran here, he he's learned how to win the rounds too, and mm. he poured it on in the third round. Mm. He's he's mm. starting to smarten up here. So, mm. um, say I don't think he loses much um, in that loss. Marvin Vittori is still top five. 
Yeah. So I mean yeah. that when Delita came into this, I believe he was ranked number nine. So mm-hmm. that's there's there's no shame in that loss, in my opinion. Vittori looked mm-hmm. really good. John, did you watch? You know, I missed this fight. I missed the first two fights of the pay per view, but I saw he was doing the, he was doing uh, stuff. I had stuff. There's, you know, I had to, I had to organize this stuff. Yeah, I like to organize it in lines sometimes to make it organized. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That closed out the main card. Now, we did pick Jack Shore, all three of us, to beat Mac One Americani. And my goodness, Mac One, fire your barber, fire your coach <laughs> because SVG is doing nothing for you, and fire your conditioning coach because yeah. if you could get that under wraps if you could get that control you would have a much better time because you know what he is dangerous in that first round he really is but he always shits the bed with his cardio yeah. by the time the second yeah. round rolls around he yeah. is only good for five minutes that's it yeah. <laughs> and nobody wants that anywhere <laughs> yes john did my, you my, see my, this fight I did, yes. Uh, Jack, I mean, I I thought Jack would win. I was I was pretty very confident in this pick, but um, yeah, I agree with you on uh, on Maquan. He, he looked good. Actually, he looked better than I thought he would the first round. But yeah. sure, sure looks. It was a good performance. Exactly what they wanted from him. Yeah. We get to uh, let's see here. All right, we're going to talk about two other fights. Um, actually, hang on. Let me see here. Yeah, two other fights. Um, the one that we did not pick, but Eugene mentioned earlier, Yanal Ashmo's starching Sam Patterson oh. in 75 seconds flat. And it was nasty. My goodness. It was a counter left. And then, you know, he follows him down and beats the tar out of him on the ground. And that was it. Eugene, you <laughs> love this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> did I love it? I don't remember saying so, but I've had a... I've been doing stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the Israeli fighter that crap. Oh yes, face. that was it. Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Yeah, I, 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 for, I forgot. I forgot. You, that's because you were doing too much stuff during that time. Remember? No, I tell, I tell you, I was a hardworking man. I, I had a twelve-hour video shoot yesterday, and I watched the fights while on the shoot, much to the chagrin of everybody else on the shoot. I was like, hey, I got to do it. I got to do it my way, <laughs> you know? So, um, no, that was great. And you could see the ref. I mean, how <laughs> you could see the homegrown ref wanting to give the guy a chance. And maybe he'll bounce back. There's no other reason to explain, like, eight unanswered shots to the face. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. It's clear. Fat thumbs, fat scales, you know? All right. So, anyways, we get to... Um... Mohammed Makayev and Mohammed Makayev, wow, that performance, him gutting it out through that, um, I don't know if it was a heel hook or a knee bar attempt. I mean, it they, yes. they were just, it I, was, it was fluid, you know, it was constant readjustment and how he managed to gut it out. And further, the, the guy said that he could hear it cracking. Like he, mm. he almost said that it, it sounded like it was tearing. He could hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Filio. Um, Eugene, I must get your take on that. Yeah, that was, um, you know, I was waiting for him to butt 
to scoot his butt out a bit. So what you want to do is like make your body more of an L and, and stymie kind of the, the knee bar. But then I think he scared him when he switched from the knee bar to the heel hook. So the guy just, so, you know, I, um, I, <laughs> I, more power to you, you know, generally, generally, I, I call it like a, who's it? Dag Hammerskold position. <laughs> I mean, it's just good okay, in, t- in terms of my internal glossary, because what you're depending on is for the person to feel an overpowering sense of our togetherness as, as brothers to not, <laughs> you know, like to not just say, you know what? You are the one choosing to sacrifice your knee. I am the hand of God here. And just cr- so that's, you know, guy gets in that position. I never want to put him in that position. So I'm, I'm tapping instantaneously. Uh, but that he gutted it out. That was, that was, um, you know, it's a thin line between stupid and, and brave. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, these are, I mean, and you know, what's cool about them. It's especially hard to, to train for them for the same reason I'm describing. Like you can't, you know, if you're training and you don't want to tap and a guy doesn't want to hurt you, what happens? I, you know, I, I don't know. I had a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, I like, I like seeing it. I like seeing the knee bars. Um, anyways. <laughs> John, I got to get your take on it. I, I, it was painful. I mean, it was, uh, I, I, it did look like the knee was going the wrong way at one point. Yeah. So I mean, it was pretty impressive because Mok, uh, Mokayev was pretty dominant in the fight, and then out of nowhere, uh, Fio, Fio uh, gets this knee bar on, and I thought, oh my god, he turned it around. And like, there's no. I thought the ref was just going to stop it because if the knee starts going the wrong way, even if you're not tapping, the, you're technically you're really not supposed to continue fighting. But you know, Muhammad, uh, he, he didn't. I guess he, from where he's from, late knees don't matter. Uh, it's gonna be like the, I can always the have it fixed. Yeah, he's gonna be like the dad on uh, the King of the Hill. They when the Japanese shot his knees off in the war, so he's just gonna be shins. <laughs> but uh, he came back. I was watching this fight. The it was funny. I was watching the prelims with a friend of mine. She was over, and she knows nothing about MMA, and she was horrified by this, but really horrified by the you know Ashma's knockout of uh, Sam Patterson because she's like, this is allowed, and I I couldn't. I, I, I went, listen. I didn't say this is not barbaric, but it is what we watch. So. That it was uh, it was a good one two punch to really turn someone uh, off of uh, MMA completely. Another ruined date night for John Nash. <laughs> uh, it was believe me that date was ruined way before that. <laughs> oh okay. man! All right, so let's see what we've got going here next. All right. We are going to look at UFC San Antonio. But first, I need something from Eugene. Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, work shy individuals, malingerers, fault finders. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter, much more to do with the marketing at the way you put behind you. By the overlords of the now no longer failed IPO folks at Endeavor, the bald one and or the UFC. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us, bedwetters. All right. As always, we are working from the topology quick sheet from the bottom up. Bout order is subject to change. Here we go. Uh, First first fight on the card, a ladies' bantamweight fight between Tamiras Vidal and Haley Cowan. I don't care. Nope. nope. This I'm is, out. 
This is a 13 fight affair, so I'm not caring on that one. Yeah. Next up, we have at- what about John? John no cares what I care about. Yeah, he said I'm out. No, that was Eugene said that. That was Eugene said that. John, I'm sorry. I thought that was uh, Eugene speaking for me. He did. He did a good job there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up, men's flyweight Vinicius Salvador versus Victor Altamirano, Altamirano. and uh, that looks like a solid fight. But man, it's really early on the card. But I mean, Vinicius Salvador is 14 and four. Victor Altamirano is 11 and two. I mean, these guys are probably somebody we'll want to keep our eye on after this fight. But for right now, I'm going to pass on it. John? Yeah, it's just not relevant enough. Eugene? Yeah, I'm out. All right. Next up, we get to uh, a lightweight bout. Manuel Torres taking on Trey Ogden. Doesn't matter enough for me. It's not relevant. Uh, No. Yeah, that's the same answer. All right. Next up, CJ Vergara taking on Daniel De Silva at flyweight. Gentlemen, I don't care. Uh, yeah. Almost, almost, but not quite. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same, but uh, I can't get there. So uh, next up, Trevin Giles at welterweight taking on Preston Parsons. Don't care. Not relevant enough. Yeah. This is one yeah, of those cards. This is a generic UFC. F- I mean, not to be mean to the fighters, but right now this is a generic UFC fight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. All right. Next up, Steven Peterson taking on Lucas Alexander at featherweight. I mean, this is a 19 and 10 guy taking on a 7 and 3 guy. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. All right. John? Uh, same. All right. Next, next up, Daniel Pineda. Taking on Tucker Lutz at featherweight. Okay, 27 and 14 guy against a 12 and 2 guy. That, I mean, they're outside the rankings. It's not relevant. I don't even know if this is going to be a good fight. Who's who's fighting? Daniel Pineda and Tucker Lutz. Tucker Lutz? <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to remember. I say, do I know Tucker Lutz? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I um, let's see here. We have Tucker Lutz losing his last fight to Pat Sabatini. He had a canceled bout against Sungwoo Choi. He had a canceled bout against Lando Venata, and he has a win over Kevin Aguilar at the Oliveira versus Chandler fight. I'm I'm guessing he's a contender series guy. Uh, yes. So no, yeah. <laughs> that's a, I guess that's a firm no. And 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 I don't care. And I see. I knew you wouldn't care. This is why I don't care because I don't even know who the guy is. If John doesn't know who he is, there, there's definitely a problem. <laughs> that was a that's joke, a, that, and Eugene that, that, did that's not. A, that's laugh. a very that's a very low bar. If I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that I was, was just thinking joke. about you know the juniper bushes if the juniper bushes don't care john doesn't care right, <laughs> right. So. now here is where my cares start registering because i'm a fan of chidi and jukwani and albert yeah. Duraev is a super tough fight i will care about this because first of all middleweight is kind of thin and there is a lower end of the top 15 i'm not sure if chidi's in it but he's on the cusp of it I know Albert Duraev is in it, though, at the lower end. I'm pretty sure of that. Let me just go take a look. But, guys, do you care about this fight? I do. I'm taking Chitty. 
I don't. I, yeah, I, I think it's for me because I use the fight matrix. I wish we had a consensus rankings, but I use fight matrix and Chitty comes in at like 53, I think, or something like that in the 50s. So no, where does Darius come in, though? Oh, like 70th at middleweight and middleweight's not a strong division. You're wow, getting you're really? getting more towards the light heavyweight heavyweight. So for me, it's just not relevant. Enough. And you know it's, what? As I'm looking here, neither one is in there. So, hmm. I don't know. I just I think I'm. It, it, Nah, if I'm you like pass. him, if you like him, you like him. You gotta nah, I'm gonna watch pass. Them. I thought I thought that Darayev was actually ranked higher than he was. So I'm gonna pass based on that. But I if I were to pick, I probably would pick Chidi and Jukawani. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pe- make a care on that one. So how about that? Mm-hmm. All right, That's next up we have Alex Perez taking on Manel Cop. This one matters. This is at 125. Ooh, man. Um Alex Perez is really good, and Manel Kopp is very dynamic with a lot of power. But Alex Perez has the savvy that he could defend. Ooh, I don't even know how I'm going here. I'm going to take Perez. Mm, bold. I am bold choice. Bold. Yeah, I, mm. I, I got to go the opposite. Okay. This is a relevant fight, obviously, uh, but uh, Perez, if I remember, I, I know he lost his last couple of fights, and... Um, and I usually sometimes it doesn't matter, but just you know, when you start seeing a trend build, I I, I get a little nervous. So but I his gotta last go two fights no. were against Alessandra Pantoja and Davidson Figueredo. Terrible fighters. Terrible over, fighters. He has wins over Jordan Espinosa, Juicier Formiga, Mark De La Rosa, and then Manel Cop has uh, the win over David Dvoriak. The win over Zalga Sumagulov and the win over Ode Osborne. Mm, you know what? I'm taking. I'm changing. I don't have my. I'm going for cop. Yeah, me too. I'm. My hand is not off the piece. I'm. I'm uh-uh. taking it back. Yeah, I'm gonna go for cop. All right. Daily. Now we get to Andrea Lee taking on Macy Barber. I don't give a shit about that fight. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's gonna be a terrible fight. I think. It, John. It's- it's, I mean, it's technically probably in the um, the relevant category, but uh, no, I, I, I Lee, like they, I think they're both like five hundred in their last six, seven fights. So I gotta go. No, yeah, they're just not not in the right. They're not going in the right direction. So no. All right, this this fight here looks like it's probably gonna be a banger. Nate Landwehr, man, he's he is durable and scrappy and he's going against austin lingo austin lingo's single losses to yusef zalal and nate landwehr let's see where nate landwehr is sitting right now nate landwehr just beat david onama and he beat ludovic klein i'm taking nate landwehr yeah landwehr is the name that sticks out in my head as somebody to be paying attention to from past times so you like uh, that's why he's a grappler yep and he's super uh, scrappy on the feet too. Let's not forget that. Uh, uh, I've, I've enjoyed his. He's actually had pretty enjoy. What I remember, enjoyable fights. Yes. Uh, I, mm, I'm trying to see which I break my rule. I think I I gotta go no because it just it's still not well no I I change it because it is it's it's right on the cusp of relevancy even though I don't think uh, lingo is but uh, Nate is in my he's in my relevant category I'm I'm gonna I'll watch it it's towards the top I'm gonna watch the last few fights so. I'll say I care, and I'm taking Nate. And if for nothing else, John, this is a fight you could actually recommend to somebody based on the action quotient. 
watch this just turns into a stinker because oh my god but if 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 we're good to do it from this paper that we're looking at right now we could recommend that based on the action yeah this and the main event i think will be the the fights i would recommend holly home versus yana santos formerly yana kunitskaya it's gonna be a boring fight yeah yeah Um, yeah see i'm i actually care but not i mean i think holly i normally don't like older fighters and i think holly holmes Pastor Prime. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, easy. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Pastor Fighting Prime. Pastor Prime. Okay. Okay, very specific there. Uh, But, but I mean, she's still highly ranked, but that's just the lingering effect of how the the rankings work. But uh, I I am intrigued by this because I believe this is the last fight of her contract. And I think she, she has plans to go box after this. So, I'm only intrigued by this partly because it's the Coleman, so it's easy to watch, but also to see if she can put on some sort of performance that sets her up for a, for one or a couple, you know, end of career boxing matches after that. So that's the only reason I care, and I am I'm still picking a home to win. I think she's still better than Yana. So okay, yeah, that's that's my pick as well. Oh, you're gonna pick two? Yeah, I, I like I I've, I've been a I, I like I've, Holly. Where's she ranked? John, on that one, and on, on, on fight made one I use, she's number six. All right, I'll pick her then. Uh, it, <sighs> it makes sense to pick her. I mean, I can't pick Yana Santos at all. Yeah, um, she's um, she's not a proven commodity because she's very hit or miss in her fights, and and they're mm-hmm. just god awful, anyways. Um, yeah, I'll I'll take Holly home. Okay, get to the main event. I love the main event. The main event is fire. Marlon Vera taking on Corey Sandhagen. Will Corey Sandhagen's body work make the difference? Or will Marlon Vera's super slick, ultra savvy fight IQ make the difference? And the man's got power too. And he's got great grappling and he's he's an opportunist. He makes the most of any opening. My goodness, this man is very versatile. He is, in my opinion, going to be a champ. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I I there was some light between uh, me and Rivera a couple of fights ago, but uh, like the the monkeys once sang, I, I'm a believer. John, I'm stumped on this because I've done I've done I've I haven't put any thought into this fight. I haven't done any research. Haven't looked into it. <laughs> so, no, no surprise. Well, that's a given. But usually, I, when, I, when I mean my research, I crib off. You know, better pi- people that are better at picking fights Here, than me. Here, let me, me give so, uh, you some factoids real quick. Uh, All right. Yep. Um, if you want to know height and reach, let me give you this. All right. First, Marlon Vera is 30. He just turned 30. He's five foot eight, and he has a 70.5 inch reach. Now, let me get to Corey Sandhagen, who is incredibly tall. He is five foot 11. So there's uh, three inches difference there. He has a 70 inch reach. So Marlon Vera actually has half an inch reach on him, but he is three inches shorter. So the reach evened out there is only half an inch difference despite the height. Corey Sandhagen is also 30, but he'll be 31 next month. Same age, same reach. Pretty much. Okay. And... Vera's body is not susceptible. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. well conditioned. He's not loaded with muscles or anything like that, but he's pretty well conditioned. He also moves well. John frequently talks about rolling with punches and stuff. This is Marlon Vera. 
to a T. He's very good at that. But, you know, Corey Sandhagen is a masterful kicker. And he's so good at working the body, specifically the liver, everything on the right side because he, he rips the left always that's his that's one of his signature moves so you the, that's what you need to weigh more than anything is his body work and kicking game against basically Marlon Vera's everything this is a really competitive bout but i just I, i'm very firmly on the Marlon Vera standwagon that's where i am Okay, uh, just to make it interesting, otherwise I think we almost got all the same picks. I'm just going to take, because uh, I'm on a coin toss right now, I'll just take uh, Sandhagen now, because just to make it interesting. All right, so there we have it. Now, we have a special feature for you guys, so I am going to bring in a guest. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, Go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right, we're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows which are now ad-free. Please give us your email, and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.